When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Euphorians. She's beauty and she's grace. She's Miss United fucking States. Maddie Perez, our queen of spilling chili and getting silly, calling out suburb moms and dropping C-bombs. This episode, we truly get the full scoop on Maddie's upbringing, her toxic relationship with Nate, and her ability to win our hearts despite her complicated character traits. We are chomping at the bit to pour this tea. So grab your drinks or your blunts if you're still celebrating 420 and let's get euphoric. Hello, everyone. We're back. We are back in action, and nothing in our personal life has changed. We are still living day to day in this quarantine. I think everyone can relate, right, Alex? Like, am I right? I mean, I don't know if everyone can relate, but <laughs> people in New York definitely can. And yeah. Probably, uh, like Korea and Italy. Yeah, I just mean like our life right now is very mundane, like day to day. Like we're having a lot of fun, but like nothing like exciting or life changing has happened this week. No. No. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I see Not you racking your brain trying to think of something, but yeah. like there's literally nothing. Oh, we do have, uh, we got some new listeners from uh, some new countries. We oh got people God. from uh, Brazil, like Bolivia and Brazil. Kuwait. Kuwait. The UK. Out. Love it. Canada. The list just keeps growing. I love seeing this international representation. It's great. We really are so excited and we just so, well, we can't say it enough. We truly are appreciating our listeners. Like, you all are the fucking best. Your DMs, your, like, insight, your feedback, incredible. We don't have a bad thing to say. Like, this has been such a good experience. So, like, please keep sharing the word, though. Like, it is so... I can't express this more. This is, like, the most important thing to stay on top of is euphoric news until season two is released. I mean, we all... I think if you're listening, like, you can relate. Like, this is so important. So, like, make sure you share it with your friends, family, your pets, whatever, like yeah whatever just, just listen and like join join in yeah. this community it's so great but you know what even though our lives have been so fucking boring it definitely has not been boring this week in the euphoric world hit us with the updates the updates well i'll let you take it away because we have a huge update on a possible new cast member for season two like it's not confirmed but it's ah yes yeah. um kelvin harrison jr calvin who... harris <laughs> yeah calvin harris um not calvin harris kelvin harrison jr um who starred in an a24 movie called waves with alexa, with demi. alexa demi that came out over the summer um, which by the way plug if you're bored during quarantine like that is a really great film it's it's kind of deep and weird but it's good if you like euphoria you would probably like waves mm-hmm. 
the main character and his father are like a le- slightly less awful version of Nate and his dad. Yeah. Nate and Cal. Uh, and Alexa anyways, Denny's a queen. This boy, uh, Kelvin Harrison Jr., has just been allegedly confirmed for season two, playing an unknown character. So, mm. Oh my god. There okay. we go. New casting for the new season. Do you think it'd be so odd if she ended up being like Alexa Demi, Maddie Perez's like new love, and like maybe Nate's out the door, and then it's like her and this guy, what's his name, Calvin Harrison? Kelvin Harrison <laughs> Jr. <laughs> Calvin Harrison Jr. I feel like they had such good chemistry in the last movie. Like, maybe they're, like, perfect. We don't have to do, like, the extra legwork. Like, they already work. Let's put them in. Maybe. He played a football player in that movie, so maybe he's playing a... uh, Like a private school football player? Or maybe he's, like, a rival to McKay. Maybe he's, like... A college boy. Maybe he's the new hotshot on the team when McKay should be, like, getting the, like, the position. This guy's, like coming in hot like yeah with his or football skills or picture this like know. cassie and mckay or cassie invites maddie to like a college summer fraternity party and she meets him there yeah maybe i could see it tbd possibilities so everyone's just thriving though and in in the euphoric world we have mod apatow <laughs> i love pronouncing her name that way i don't know why but she's in a new series coming out hollywood um i really I'll, I'll just be completely honest like i haven't done my research i don't know what the fuck this show's about but anything she does like we stand i would i would watch anything she was in watch it on netflix tell us tell us if it's is that good. where it's being released yeah netflix yeah netflix perfect well it's it's being released soon or no yeah next week oh, oh my week. god next Within week a week oh my god well then we'll watch and we'll review nah, a little bit maybe <laughs> oh alex we have nothing right, else we'll to watch. do I-, I will watch then. She followers. also uh, she was on Instagram this week with uh, a matching shirt um, with yes. her cat, which AI, our cat wears a shirt for a good reason, but he wears a shirt um, so I can relate. But also yes. they were wearing Marine Sarah, which is a designer we both really like. So. Yeah, that designer's bomb. Shout out to Maude Apatow's I cat. really love her. She actually is a crazy cat lady. So I'm like, I fully stand her outside of her role as Lexi. Then we have some exciting news with our main girl, Zendaya. She is like, she's always thriving, but now she's like really thriving. But Alex has more of a sci-fi background, so I'm going to let him take it over on this Yeah, story. Alex, here for the update shit. on Zendaya. They released pictures from the new uh, film Dune, which is coming out soon. It's got Zendaya. It's got Timothy Chalamet. It's got Josh Brolin. It's got some other people. <laughs> it's got um, other people. Exciting. I don't think it looks very good, but wow, good so for wait. Zendaya for being in like a major Hollywood. This is going to be a big deal. This is a two-part epic. Oh, it is? Directed by, it's from, it's, yeah, it's based on, it's a sci-fi movie. It's based on like this legendary series of books. They adapted it once, other one other time in the 80s. David Lynch did it. It turned out really bad because he didn't have Final Cut and the studios fucked it up. He hated it, and he never did a big studio movie. Wait, after I had that. no clue David Lynch did that. Yeah, um, and Sting was in it, and Sting also. Um, oh my god, no wonder it was awful. My boy, did he Kyle, sing? Kyle MacLachlan is in it. Did Sting sing in it? Is that where that song came no, from? No, he doesn't sing. I in it. Rain, no, no, in like Dune. unrelated to Dune. <laughs> um, he plays like a crazy redheaded knife fighter. Um, oh shit! But is that he an movie's. Actor? Uh, a little bit. Sting, an actor? Oh, God. He's not bad in it, but that movie's fucking bizarre and not that good. It's, like, okay, but it's really So why do you think weird. it looks bad? So I think the new one looks bad because Dune is set, like, far, far away in, in like, weirdo space. And it's, like, a it's a classic, like, politics, like, space opera thing. But it has no relation to Earth. But everything, all the stills from the Dune they just released 
nothing looks like weird and alien it all looks like just like regular earth shit see i thought it looked like phantom menace i literally thought it looked like star wars the phantom menace yeah like it's like in the desert what's the desert planet well they're they're on a desert planet in this movie it's tatooine but they're on a desert planet in this movie so it's less the like planets it's more that the costumes feel very like grounded in like earth shit they feel like a Mm. little they feel very real um so do you have no hope are you like i'm hoping it's good but it looks bad I don't know. I don't think it looks bad, but based on, like, the aesthetic that the guy's going for, like, Dune should be really weird and alien feeling, mm. and I'm, like... They're trying like, to make it more modern. Yeah, it's not It's working. looking like it's very... It's a little more, like, realistic, which is weird for, like, a space epic. Yeah. Which um, I guess, like, putting all things aside and all, you know, all of our criticism aside, all we care about is that Zenday is thriving. Like, I mean, <laughs> as far as, like, our euphoric podcast goes, like great for her she's probably making mad money on this on the other hand so it could suck but like she's walking home with a fat check to take to the atm on the other hand it's directed by uh (laughs) by dennis villeneuve who has like a pretty good track record like what else has he done he did enemy with jake gyllenhaal which i really liked he did the new blade runner blade runner 2049 which was pretty good okay so it could be good um he did arrival which is very good that was really good so you know what? So who you knows? Know, we'll see. Yeah, who knows? I mean, that's still really cool. I'm, I I would definitely go see it, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, I'm for sure gonna see it. Yeah, we'll see it. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. Good job, Zendaya. Like, great job. Her resume. Everyone on Euphoria, their resume just keeps building. I'm so proud of them. So, then we have a really funny, like, lighthearted story here. We've got our girl Sydney Sweeney. Shout out. We just adore you, but also like love that she was just literally making fun of herself. Like, this is some shit I would do. Like. Well, I wouldn't work out, so never mind. This is not what I would do because I don't – fitness just doesn't – it just doesn't exist in my life, sadly. <laughs> but, like, she's out there running. I mean, she's got that great body. She's out there running. And, the she, you know, they're always hounded by these dumb paparazzi, so she got all these photos of her. But she was pretty much, like, making fun of herself because, like, she's picking a wedgie in one photo, which I can really do. I pick my wedgies all the time, and Alex is, like, so embarrassed. But, like, she's picking her <laughs> wedgie, like, flat out in front of the paps. Then she's Whatever. got like she can pick that wedgie and I know she out. still looks hot. It's like how does Sydney Sweeney still look hot picking a fucking wedgie? Like she, she got that ass. Like. I mean, but like not not just that. Like she just like is flawless. She's really a beautiful girl. So Sydney, like my god. Paige I mean, has I know a girl crush over here. I know I do, but also like Sydney. I know you were out jogging and you were like posing those pics pretending to be funny, but like girl, you looked great. Like good for you. So she's obviously doing great during quarantine. She's just thriving. Um, but I thought it was funny. She was, like, comparing her photos to her dog. And her dog, she was saying her dog looked better. Uh, Tank is really cute, but, like, trust me, Sydney, he looked great. <laughs> then <laughs> the only other, like, funny euphoria story we have for you outside of the show is Tristan, who plays, who knows? We don't know. It's either Troy or Roy. Either I honestly Roy can't or say. Troy. I know. I don't know. Maybe I should do the research and just find out. It's not that hard. An unknown Roy and Troy. <laughs> I could just type in his name and find out, but I don't want to. I kind of like the mystery. Like, is he Roy? Is he Troy? <laughs> is Who he knows? Tio? Or is he Tamara? Or it's like Full House, where like if one twin's kind of having a bad day or is like hungry during the scene, they're like, we can't use you. Like, you're a little too grumpy right now. We need someone that's like gonna perform well. They pick one or the other. Do you think Hypothetically, it's like-, like it seems like they could do that because they don't really make any differentiation in their personalities in yeah. the show. Exactly. So if one's a little tired, they're like, hey, Tristan, get over here. Like, you're in this park. (laughs) Yeah, Tristan's brother. Come here. Yeah, exactly. But anyways, he did Insta Live. Who isn't? It's quarantine. Everyone's bored as fuck. He did an Insta Live. I was, like, so excited. We're on our podcast account. I'm, like, here ready to ask the hard-hitting questions because Roy and Troy are, like, some of our favorite characters to make fun of. I'm here, like, ready. 
And his Insta Live was just a hot mess. It kept pausing. It kept, like, cutting out. Then it got to a point where it was, it was just having looping. having some technical difficulties. I know. Which I'm we just, can all relate to. I know, but it was funny because it, it, <laughs> it kept looping. He was doing a live. He accepted a request from, I think it was a fan. It had to be because I don't was. know who the fuck it was. It was a fan. And she kept repeating the same line over and over again. I should have wrote it down because it was so funny. But all the fans were going off. They were like, yo, this is the worst live ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> it sounds like a remix. The girl keeps saying the same shit. It just kept looping because it was on pause. Yeah. So it was funny. So Tristan, listen, like, we'd love to have you on the podcast. I want to know, like, what happened? Did you drop your phone and it, like, broke? Or, like, what happened during that Insta Tristan, Live? Tristan, if you want to redeem yourself from your technical difficulties, like... We'll get our in-house yes. IT expert to hook you up. We'll make sure the connection is strong. Yes, we'll send you a bottle of Cooks so you can drink with us while we're doing the podcast. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you, we will hook it up. So we would love to hear from you. Like, we we stand everyone on the show. Like, we're here. Anyways, I think it's time to, first of all, obviously deep dive into the episode. But also, in this episode, our favorite champagne is once again brought up. It makes its big debut. It's Cooks. So, you know what? Alex bought a bottle. We had a one shopping trip of the month. This was uh, the top of our list was cooked champagne so that we could pop it over the podcast mic, pour ourselves a little glass of champs before we start the episode. So, Alex, I'm going to stay quiet so we can hear so that we can hear the perfect pop of a cooked champagne. Here it is. I think that was the pop of my knuckle. (laughs) It's coming. Oh. That is orgasmic. That's hot. I should have said that's euphoric. Yeah, that's hot. That's euphoric. It's all the above. So while Alex is pouring us a glass of champagne, I think it's important to just like lay it out. I mean, we have a lot to talk about today. This episode, to be fair, we were joking like it's definitely not as funny as the other episodes we've been recapping. Like it was kind of, it wasn't hard to find like funny things to talk about, but Maddie and Nate's relationship is so fucked that it's hard to like make fun of it because it's so serious yeah i mean last week's episode was hypothetically a downer but we still found a lot of stuff to make fun of also that's so asmr wait let me hear the physics wait can you hear it oh my god that sounds beautiful it's a beautiful that's probably one of my favorite sounds in the world if anyone honestly i feel like maybe you know what i just had an idea it'd be really funny for our next giveaway if we get to like 300 followers we send someone a bottle of cooks a oh jumbo, but you'd have to be of age a jumbo cooks that's hard though we don't know if they're of age yeah. okay scratch that that might not work but you know what it's a thought well anyways let's start cheers alex that's so euphoric episode five episode, episode five, five. Let's we've got go. so much so much to go over here all episode right episode five entitled oh three bonnie and clyde Yes. Yet another episode um, named after a 2000s, late 90s hip hop song. Um, again, not used in the episode. Which but is that's, so a, weird. that's a Jay Z and Beyonce song from the, the early days when they were kind of like, are they together? Are they not? That love um, it. It's a, great, it's a great hit, you know? It's really great. It's and got a funny video. So we get this amazing intro to Maddie's life. And all of us ladies. And, and boys, I'm sure, love Maddie. I mean, meaning we love her as, like, we love her style. She's she's definitely the most, like, I don't know what the word is. I don't know if is. I love Maddie. I think her and Jules, though, are top, top of the tier in terms of, like, style and looks. Meaning, like, they're the most iconic. Yes, I would agree with so that. So I'm not saying, I'm not 100%. at all. I'm wiping personality. I'm saying Maddie is definitely, like, someone mm-hmm. that, like, for Halloween you dress up as. Yeah, she's below, she's right below Jules. Yeah, she's an icon. So... 
it, we kind of get her upbringing, which is really interesting. To be honest, I would not peg Maddie as a pageant girl. But we get this whole intro of her being this dramatic pageant girl. Alex loved the intro because he, he thinks he can, like, sing it so well. It's a Madonna song. What? It's a oh, classic. Starlight. Starlight. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, from Star See Tonight. <laughs> I don't even know if those are the words. It's a great song. It, those are for sure the words. <laughs> it would be song of the week if it weren't for uh, Madonna, a certain late edition in this Madonna's in rolling over but... her rolling over in her bed not her grave her bed, yeah she's still in this quarantine but maddie is just like honestly i have to first and foremost shout out to our lovely euphoric makeup artist i'm gonna butcher the name i'll just take it away it's doniella Doniella. Doniella davy do you think davy davy it's d-a-v-y yeah davy okay um she is an absolute genius maddie's makeup I mean, honestly, I was joking with Alex before we recorded this. It is so hard to do makeup, A, just in general. Like, for me, it's an absolute tragedy when I try and do someone's makeup. But to do a little girl's makeup, like, with those little tiny eyelids, like, to do all those little rhinestones. I mean, oh, my God, I can't even imagine. You'd have to be, like, so fucking good at what you do. So I give her absolute praise. Every single one of Maddie's looks in this opening scene is fire, and there are so many makeup looks. There's, like, I don't know, over 30, like... There really is. Every scene she has a different look that's, like, absolutely amazing. Also thought it was funny. I did a little bit of research into Maddie's makeup in this episode. And I thought this was kind of, like, interesting. Sam Levinson, the creator and director, apparently he's a YouTube makeup fanatic. He, like, loves watching makeup tutorials. He likes those YouTube tutorials. Tutorials? But, like... That's so cute. I love that because that, that goes to show that, like, I love a director that's involved. Like, he wasn't just like, oh, ladies, like, work on the makeup. He was like, no, like, I know this shit. Like, bring her out. Like, oh, I want a winged eyeliner. Like, he knows his terms. He likes his makeup. He she literally makeup called him out. tutorials. Doniella um, called him out and said, like, he knows his shit. Like, he was, like, literally like, yes, I like that, but can we add this? So he was actually, like, involved. Yeah. Which I love. That's cool. I appreciate the attention to detail. Also, um, that was an Allure magazine and article. It was actually a really good one, and I'll probably link it in our Insta if you want to revisit it. It has a lot of really cool shit about their makeup. Also, also while we're on the subject of makeup, uh, the other night, Paige and I were having a little bit of like a, a late night drinking, listening to music session, yes. watching music videos, and Paige put on an old uh, Ciara an old music banger. video. Sierra. Probably from maybe like 2003. I don't know. What's the, what was the name of the song? Oh, God. It's like, Shoddy can't handle this. Du, 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 yeah, whatever. Uh, featuring Ludacris. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, featuring Ludacris. Oh hot God, damn. We were both song. shook while watching this video because mo- like many of Maddie's makeup looks are lifted straight from this video. Like, we Ciara have to link it. has the rhinestones in the part of her hair. She has the rhinestones around the eyebrows, all the way around the eyes. Like, yeah. the full look like they basically not like in a bad way but they definitely like lifted it straight from this video or do you um, think i mean i would love to ask the makeup artists we once again we'll take anyone on the podcast but i would absolutely love to talk to them they're actually like at the top of my list because we won't take anyone we have standards pitch we do but i'm saying i <laughs> absolutely adore them i think they're like so smart yes, and creative to to and they're really fun on instagram and all of our fans i'm sure are already follow but like 
they're just amazing and I would love to get their insight and I would like to know if they've seen the Ciara music video and they were like wow think, this is Maddie I think they must have um, I mean it's like very it's a very like direct it seems like a direct reference I yeah. don't think they like stole it but it seems like this is like they were directly referencing this video um, and also, also wanna... it plays into like the larger theme where like probably the if you were to pick like one to three direct aesthetic inspirations for Euphoria like late 90s early 2000s mm -hmm. hip-hop is obviously a very strong one very from the strong. episode titles and their to clothing. the music to the clothes yep um so this fits very nicely in with that like overall influence totally but yeah the makeup is fire i'm totally here for it maddie is just i think her makeup definitely like dominates other than jewels so anyways moving on like she's a pageant girl i i, I took a note and i literally was like pageant girl i don't get it pageantry also, is so whack it's so whack alex and i had a long conversation about this like pageants i just i can't stand a pageant girl i can't like it's i'm not whack. here for it yeah. i think it's like so I'm just going to say it. It's fucking stupid. Like, it's so dumb. Like, it's literally like you're just... It's like... Okay, to me, it is the equivalent to, like, joining a sorority. It's like you're literally being judged on your looks, on your most shallow, like, talents and skills. It, it's not any... It's just nothing. It's like... To me, it's, it's nothing. Bad. It's talentless. It's well, stupid. Well, and it's... I mean, it has a long history rooted in just, like men judging women it's very yes. like traditionally like misogynistic and they've tried to update it over the years and bring in like more female judges and they try to ask more like intellectual questions but at its core it's still a contest about judging women and like regardless of who's judging like you're still judging against pretty traditional like standards and yeah, it's still like it's very, 2020 i'm over it it's whack it's like it's, let's just yeah, get rid of pageants like they've tried the to like update it but it's just not gonna work because you're still parading women out on stage like cattle and then judging them it's which like, is who, like who the actual fuck is still better. like participating in i just want to know in 2020 like who the fuck is still doing pageants? It's so weird. But uh, pageants did give us one of the best moments in like internet viral video history. Yeah, which the girl is the that girl, answered the geography the, question, the right? The girl that said uh, the Iraq and then had like the long rambling cringy. Is that what answer. it actually was? Yeah. I don't think she said the Iraq. I yeah, she said else. the Iraq. What was she answering? We should look that up. She was, it's, we'll link it. We'll put it in okay. the in the Instagram. But they some were... of our fans might not know about that. It was it was a long time ago, right? Um, it was like yeah, back in... it was it was like 2005 maybe or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. We should blast that out. It's a good one. <sighs> but anyways, I'm just not here for pageants. I don't stand it. I think it's disgusting. So I thought I thought it was kind of weird, but also it kind of makes sense because Maddie's like projecting that she's always been quote unquote confident through you know through her childhood. So then we get Maddie. We get a little idea of like why Maddie's kind of like I'm just kind of here to do nothing and interesting I, I i don't know like what is your take on this i mean there's a lot we kind of unpacked it earlier but i feel like it it's strange because maddie is such a lovable character but also such a you just want to like love and hate her like she really has so many qualities that are so gross kind of like nate like she's not a good friend she's really not a good girlfriend she's like banging other guys like she acts like she loves nate that's obviously a lie she's banging like every dude on yeah. the side which is fine you go girl but like right. Don't pretend like you live this whole facade and then, I don't know. I just, I don't think she's, it's very hard to hate her, but it's also really hard to love her. That's my take on Maddie. Yeah, she's a frustrating character because she's, she's kind of like, she's complex. She's, has, she's very contradictory. Um, she's so definitely not shallow. I was just going to say, she is complex. She has a lot of layers to me. And you get, I mean, she's very shallow in certain senses. But, but I also don't not... think she's stupid. I think she's pretty smart. 
Ooh, interesting. I think she is. She's calculated. Really? What yes. is in what way? What is she? What Her actions? Tyler what actions does calculated. she take in the show that's calculated? She does certain things that are very calculated. I mean, but that's the most base. Like that doesn't take any calculation. If you want to piss a guy <laughs> you're dating off, you fuck another guy. That's like as like basic and primal <sighs> as it gets. Like, I know. That's like caveman shit. That's all not right, calculated. All right, all right. I just it's hard. I really. I don't think I she, I, I'm Maddie, not out here so to like to say like something. she's stupid, but I don't think she's like necessarily the smartest character on the show, I and I would never look to her as. I being, think she's like, smarter than she makes it out to be. I think she's smarter than she's letting off. And I think in season two, mm. we'll learn more. I don't know. That's my thoughts. We'll see. In this episode, she is not particularly <laughs> smart. But in I think uh, she has this uh, like epiphany when she's little, basically, that you can do nothing with your life. And be and successful. And she's just like, I want to do nothing with my life. Well, but um, she wants to do nothing and she wants success from it. Meaning she wants the best life by doing nothing. Essentially, she wants the life of, like, a real housewife who's married a husband and doesn't have to do anything. Yeah, and I think that this, like, this idolatry of, like, doing nothing um, brings to light kind of, like, why she's this, like, character you're so mixed about um, because she has these moments where she's really fiery and passionate about stuff, and you're like, yeah, get it, girl. And then, like, she, but she also has this, like, base, like, primal interest in just doing fucking nothing, which is, like... Not particularly, like, something that we're all going to, like, look up to. And most of the time when she's being, like, really lame in the show or being really shitty or whatever, it's because she's just being, like, inactive. She's being passive. She's just letting, like, Nate be a dickhead. She's letting Nate, like, accuse Tyler of rape, like, whatever. It's usually, when she's being really shitty, it's usually because she's just doing nothing. She's not being a good friend to her friends, like, whatever. Totally. So that's, that's kind point. of like you see yeah. kind of why she has like these two sides. Yes. You don't really get a sense for why she has that fiery side, but it seems like that's just kind of natural to her. I told you why I think though. I I said earlier when we were talking about Maddie in depth, I said I think the reason she gets so fiery and has these moments where we're like, "Yes, girl," like when she knocks over the chili and calls the mom a cunt. It's like, you know what? Maddie, I think from her home life, we see like she's constantly listening to her parents fight. It's got to be, like, really tough as a high schooler to come home and have to deal with that. Like, your dad literally dribbling vomit on his chest, like, a total drunk, not doing anything. Your mom screaming at you for no reason because she's mad at the husband. It's a lot, I think, emotionally for a high schooler to take in. So I think for her, those moments where she pops, my guess is that she's holding in a lot Mm. of, like, emotion from that. And then those moments are the perfect time to just, like, pop. And she might not be conscious of it. I don't think it's calculated or anything like that. I just think, like... That's very natural for someone who holds in a lot to just kind of, like, explode. So I think those moments where she does explode and we're like, yes, girl, I don't really think she's, like, that confident. I think it just comes from a place of, like, snapping almost. That's possible. Her confidence mostly seems Because she's so submissive. Like you said, she does nothing all the rest of the time. Yeah. Um, So, like, the chili moment. Like, for instance, like, when he called her a hooker, she was just like, what? And then, like, he walked away. At the carnival. So it's like, it was like built up anger. And then mm. she's at the chili contest and she, everyone's clapping and like parading his family. And she's like, uh, no. Yeah. And she pops off. So I think. That makes sense. Because if she had more of like a sustained, continued like confidence and like badass mm-hmm. attitude, none of this stuff would ever happen in the first place. Exactly. So, so yeah, yeah, that makes sense. A lot. But we also see some great scenes of Maddie banging other dudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Maddie definitely bangs other dudes, and that like she bangs the roller rink guy. She bangs, she bangs the, the stockbroker, the DJ who claims he opened for Calvin Harris. Yeah, some stockbroker, some like forty year old Calvin guy Harris or Calvin like, Harris Jr. <laughs> 
it was it in this case it was Calvin Harris. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting because I mean I I think I was a little shocked, which is strange. I was like, oh, I thought she actually did really like love Nate. Alex was like laughing at me and thought I was naive, but like I really thought she was like really into Nate. So I always laugh because whenever I watch this, I'm like, oh, like she's not in love with him. She's definitely just like using him for status. That's it. Yeah, I always read their relationship as very as like a mutual partnership of like them both being in the classic high school. Like we're both the most popular, so let's like hook up for the popularity. And like, I always read it as that. Um, Nothing more. No like romance. No. I think they're both like obsessed with aspects of like with maintaining their relationship, but yes. I don't think they love each other. Um, and I think a like. This whole, I mean, this whole segment, like, really says a lot about that. I mean, they're like, Nate really, at one point, the narration says Nate really loved her. I think we can all agree that's not the case. And then um, it also, the narration, Rue's narration also says she loved Nate. Um, But then the sentence after that says she loved their relationship. Yeah. And I think that says everything you need to know about what she really, like, quote, loves about Nate, which is yeah. not that she loves Nate. She loves their relationship and, like, what purpose it serves. Yeah. Um, so I think in this episode, despite them both insisting they love each other, it's very clear they don't really love each other at all. Yeah. So altogether, I mean, I think that wraps up the beginning of the episode. We could go on and on and on about how sick Nate and Maddie are, but that'll come later. So then we get this great intro. The credits come through. I was joking that it literally reminds me of the opening scene of Willy Wonka. It's definitely very Danny Elfman-esque. It's, like, fun. It's loud. It's boisterous. Like, I'm here for it. Got me excited to start the episode. Then we get into Rue. And she's in bed. And she's fingering herself. Which is, like, I'm already laughing. Because I'm like, this, to me, would be the worst situation to have to film. Like, Zendaya I give you mad props I just like I couldn't do this I know like that's part of acting whatever but like I feel like if you're like over the top like uh, uh, like that's different because you're like no one in in the crew is like oh my god this is like a lot like you're acting right you're going over the top but when she's just like quietly fingering herself in bed I'm like oh my god that's so awkward with like 40 year old men filming you I I couldn't do it I just I mean I could I would do it obviously she's making big I mean all she does though is lay there in her like fully clothed under the blankets and just kind of look awkward for like a second like it doesn't last long and she doesn't even have to look like super seriously (laughs) into it like she's absorbed she just kind of looks like kind of like awkward for a minute and then her mom do you think she's really under there pretending to finger herself what do you I mean that's what or do you think she's like digging her nail into like her leg or something What? What like, is your question? Like, like, is she actually fingering herself in no, bed? No, not actually, like, no. but like, oh, you don't think so? I don't know. Some no, actors, I don't think she's fingering some herself Some actors in bed. are method actors. Some would really do it. for Not for that, like, t- five-second scene. <laughs> she's literally doing it for, like, five seconds before the mom busts it. Like, maybe if it was, like, this big dramatic moment where it was, like, important that it seemed like she really was. But, like, well, I guess we'll never know unless we talk to Zendaya about it. But, like, it doesn't really matter. She's really I'll let you it. ask her that one. Although, um... It is funny. Her mom, like, storms in and she's like, ooh, ooh, it's, like, awkward. Um, yeah, so I, I'm i not going to, like, put you in the hot seat because this is so fucking awkward. But, like, we've all had those moments. We have to have all had those moments where, like, it's a close call. Where, like, you're in your room, you're masturbating, doing doing your business, whatever you want to call it. And doing your business. You got a rap-a-tap-tap at the door. Like, honey, dinner. And you're like, what the? Well, the rabbit tap tap is fine. What's not fine is the it's busting bust in. in, like her mom. Did. The bust in is not fine. Yeah, and I was thinking like back to my high school days. Like I have no shame. I, that's never happened to me. My parents like they just knew better. I think they knew I was a little bit of a wild child, so they like they knew to knock. 
Um, did your parents knock before entering any time? Like, not just, like, they the app, but, like... They they're getting it. Yeah, but did your parents, like, knock and then go in, or were they the type that barged in? I've had close calls with the barge-ins, but luckily, like, I have a, a yeah. separated bathroom closet scenario. <laughs> so your privacy um, is your privacy. You didn't have to deal with anything, like, I've psycho. never just been, like, caught flat out with, like, my dong out. Like, oh, my God. I hope not. You know? Oh, my God. This is so awkward. <laughs> We're going to move on from this because, you know, I, I don't want to even think about that stuff because I God. love Alex's parents. Anyways, um, we move on. I, I put a little note that I thought Rue's mom did such a good job giving her a little heart-to-heart about Jules. Like, wasn't super harsh, but was just like, listen, baby, like, you're fragile. You got to be careful. Like, this is new. She's just like, you know, you've been through a shit ton. You've, been, you've literally OD'd and you've come back. And in her head, it's like, you're doing so well. You're sober. Like, please don't get too too caught up. Many she doesn't people, want to get hurt. It's like, she's not even saying, like, yeah, like yeah, she's not Ali. She's Many like, people <laughs> in this episode talk to both Rue and Jules about their relationship. And I think Rue's mom probably handles it the best. And yes. that all she says is just, like, take it slow. Exactly. Which is probably the best. Like, she, yeah, I think she, yeah, she just handles it the best. Exactly. So um, then, anything else about so that thing you want to say? In the spirit of taking it slow, they go see Ashtray and they get tattoos in their, uh, in their yes. inner lip. Also, um... I don't know where I read this, but I know I did. Um, the tattoos obviously are not real. They're like little stickers they put on the inside of their lip. Um, Alex knows this about me. I, I'm really weird. I'm the most like open-minded, free-spirited girl you'll ever meet in your life. But like for some reason, tattoos are just like... I just like... I can't. like Needles terrify me. I also just... I'm not a permanent person. I don't want anything permanently tattooed on me. But the only thing I've ever said I might get is inside my lip, I want my last name, which is Blazer with an S, but the S is a dollar sign. So I want Blazer with a dollar sign in my upper lip. I might do it one day. Upper lip? Or no, sorry. Lower lip. Oh, okay. I said that wrong. My lower lip. Otherwise you'd have to be like... Yeah, that'd be disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) That would be absolutely foul. No, not that. Um, You, I know you want a tattoo. I probably want like two or three tattoos total. Well, um, I, well this is <laughs> you're dropping this on me as we're recording our podcast. I thought you only had one that you wanted. Well, I, there's one I know I want that I plan to get within like a year or two, which is a chicken that I draw on my butt. <laughs> um, a chicken. He literally wants a chicken on his ass. Like, but I have that's not, funny because it's none chicken right butt, now. right? Is that why? That, well, I want the chicken because I've been drawing it my whole life and I love chickens. And like my <laughs> moniker on everything is like chicken related, like young chicken, young chicken nugget, like oh whatever. My that's God. my alternate identity. Um, and that chicken's great. So I want that on my butt. Um, <laughs> I also have, I kind of want like one of the old like 30s to 50s like Halloween decoration, Bestel, like Halloween cats. I think I've always like played okay. with the idea of getting one of those good cats. Okay, so that's number two. What's like the three? cat with like a top hat and a monocle. What's number three? Um, oh, meatball? I don't know. Maybe meatball. Yeah, probably something meatball related. Honestly. We have a cat named Meatball. I think we've brought it up before, but we have a fat cat named Meatball who we adore. He's literally our yeah. son, our baby, our, our shining light. He is. And the uh, the contender for a third tattoo would probably be Meatball. But I have none yet. Most people assume I do. Okay. Well, you know. That's our thoughts on tattoos. Mm-hmm. So then um, we kind yeah, of, unless you have anything else about that. Tattoos. Yeah, that's really strange since he's like eight years old. I don't know why he can give tattoos, but. Because he's, he's a baller. He knows how to do everything. <laughs> he knows how to do, he knows how to work with the Bitcoin. He knows how to hustle drugs. He knows how to give, give tattoos. tattoos. He's yeah, he's man. thriving. Then um, we cut to uh, Cal working out on the, 
on the construction site like a man working in the field he's got his hard hat and he's talking about angles and wood or wood and why is it delayed what's the hold up okay but the only thing i was the only thing i will say is there's great detailing his hat has the cal jacobs family like construction like they were very close to they paid very close attention to detail on this like Mm -hmm. his hat had his name his shirt his the sign that was outside of the the Uh company i thought wow Production went really far wow, with this. Wow, the value. Yeah, so, now I really understand Cal's like income and his job. He like dominates uh, the town. Yeah, he built like half the town or something. They say. So then he gets called to school, um, and he's thinking obviously that it's about him and Jules. And Cal is trying to play this off like he's a real cool cucumber, but uh, his nerves are not as like not as steely as he thinks they are, and he fucking throws up in the high school bathroom, which yeah. is a great. It's a great, like, haha like, moment. It like, is. He deserves that. There's Cal walking in thinking he has really, like, got this on lock and he's Mr. Cool and he can't even handle this shit enough. But it also, like, I think it's funny because he fucking deserves that because it's, like, it just proves our point further that that seems so rapey because if you're throwing up in a toilet, it's, like, you fucking know that you fucked a minor. Like, you know this is bad. This isn't, like, a hot mm-hmm. side sex trip. It's, like, this could be considered rape. You could get in trouble. Speaking of which... There is a fucking ton of statutory rape in Euphoria. There really is, and it's not... It, to be fair, I'm glad they don't bring it up a lot because that's kind of boring. Like, we're not trying to be Law & Order SVU here. I mean, I love I love that you and I joke that it is, and we'll get more yeah. into that later, but like, it, uh, we don't need to go into the, the depths. There do be a lot of statutory rape. Maddie's like banging a 40-year-old when she's like 14. Yeah. Kat's banging the casting when she's 16. Totally. Like, There's a lot. There's Cal's a lot. banging like... Many, 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 young many minors. people, untold numbers. Like yep, it's bad. So then we have Maddie. Jules is banging people. So then we have Maddie entering school. Maddie's on her period. It could not be more like honest to God. She's dressed have, like the Unabomber. She's dressed like the Unabomber, but also like I've been dressed like the Unabomber all week because I've had my period on quarantine. It's absolutely fucking treacherous. Like, ladies. I just, like, I just want to have a moment of silence for us to have to have our period on quarantine. Like, it is hard. A moment of silence. Okay, moving okay. on. Uh... Kat's outfit. <laughs> so good in this. I love the zebra top. It says baby girl in, like, a neon aqua color. She's got the glasses. She looks very, like, Matrix almost. And she's, like, walking. I with... like this one for her. I feel like it fits into, like... It fits her personality. It's one of the ones where I'm, like, she's actually, like finding her own style and doing something like interesting whereas some of them are just like total bullshit totally um, i think I like this is it. one of the better ones for her maddie looks rough i approve we learned from reading that article in allure magazine about the makeup that they purposely made maddie extra rough in this which is they did a great job because she looks rough as hell oh yeah she's like sweating she looks clammy she's got bags in her eyes she does not look well no and then we get the uh, the return of Principal Hayes, who's calling in all the mm. all the students to question them about the ongoings. Yes. Again, probably some pretty like botched handling. A of great things. BB moment, though. Um, yeah, even BB knows Nate is gay. BB's there in her motocross jersey, getting questioned by Principal Hayes, and she's like, "Yeah, like Nate's gay," and Maddie's <laughs> like pissed about it or whatever. I like, like how she's like, "I'm not gonna answer until I have my lawyer." <laughs> oh yeah, she's so ratchet. <laughs> but also like BB. We it's not her first rodeo. fucking love BB, and also, um, she liked one of our posts this week, and I literally she like did. I died because I'm like, we need BB on the podcast. Sophia Rose Wilson, 
What if you is, are listening, girl? we need you on this podcast. I want to ask her so many funny questions about her character. Mm-hmm. But anyways, moving on. Like, we stand BB. Maddie's in the office. She's drinking ga- orange Gatorade yeah. out of a straw. Mm-hmm. Good for her. You never want to stain your teeth drinking Gatorade. So, like, I'm oh, so fucking happy production handed her a straw. Like, Alexa Demi uh, should not okay, be wearing okay, those okay, pearly okay, whites. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but, yeah. yeah, everybody's getting called in. Jules gets called in. Jules is looking great. Yeah. She's got her, her hair. She's now fire. dyed the bottom of her hair, like, purplish. And the rest of her hair is very white. It's looking good. It's great. And then we have Lexi and Cassie have this really hilarious locker conversation. They're out their lockers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lexi's like, whoa, like, did you see what happened to Maddie? Like, she's obviously in trouble. Like, Nate fucking tried to kill her. And Cassie's like, oh my god, like, or she, what did she say? Cassie's she's like, like, who told you about that? And Lexi's like, uh, you did. You did. I think you told it me was about that. Nate being gay, not the choking, but I'm not sure. But either way, it's funny because Cassie has forgotten that she was high as shit and told, <laughs> she obviously told everyone about everything. Yeah. BB knows, like, yeah. Lexi knows. Lexi knows. I mean, close friends. Everybody yeah. knows now. Totally. Even not the close friends. Even the randos at the school know that Nate's pretty much gay now. Yeah. And... The word's gone around. Yeah. So it's pretty funny because I love Lexi in that. It just shows like her cute character. I love her. Um, then we have Ethan and Kat, a small blip of them in the classroom. And Ugh. Ethan's kind of like, yo, what happened at the carnival? Like, we were having a great night and like you fucking bailed and I texted you like 50,000 times and uh-huh. I looked at my text and I. I told Alex, I give Ethan so... I will take back every medieval time t-shirt comment I made. Like, I stand Ethan in this moment because he confronts her. Instead of being shy, he's like, yo, like, I sent you a fucking text and I saw that they were delivered. Like, what's the deal? He, like, mm-hmm. puts her in the hot seat and she... Honestly, this is the first time where I agree with you. Kat's kind of a bitch to Ethan. She's so mean to him. I know, and he's so sweet. They even, in this scene, there's a projector in the classroom showing something on screen, and the way they show it, the projector is right behind Ethan so that the light is coming out around his head like he's a literal angel. angel. He's a gem. He is an angel. And Kat is so mean to him. Um, Um, And, yeah, and I, I will say, I mean, I think, I don't think it's with intent. I think she's going through a lot, but we'll get into that later. Um... Yeah, and then we get the return on the on the cat train. We get the we return of the cat mask. She's uh <laughs> she's once again conversing with our boy Diaper Johnny man. Johnny Unite USA, aka Tiny Dick Diaper Man, um, and talking about how she thinks men are pathetic, which is pretty funny given that she is there wearing the silliest like dollar store cat mask, spending her time as a hot young high schooler talking to tiny dick diaper man for what like a hundred bucks like i mean yeah. good for her for getting that money but like if we're gonna talk about pathetic <laughs> yeah men are pathetic and that guy's definitely pathetic also ethan's not pathetic but like no he's not but like you're hypothetically like a hot young high school girl and this is how you're spending your like dream high school nights talking to batman on the internet like, another fun plug i should have talked about this talk. last episode but i read about it after we filmed or recorded what the fuck ever um cat's reaction to the diaper man's micro penis was actually organic i did not know that like meaning the crew oh. the crew did not tell her mm-hmm. that the man casted had a micro penis so when she watched him on screen <laughs> they actually gave her a little talk before because on hbo they have what they call i forget what it's called but they have someone that's like a a therapist if you will that's with the you like, on set yeah the sex coach the sex coach they like, yeah. make sure you're okay they check in which is very important yeah but they were there and they were like we'll let you know something like really sexual is going to happen on the screen, but you just have to act organically. So she had no idea this guy had a micropenis. So I love that because her reaction's like, to be fair, her organic reaction is really funny. She's like cackling. She's laughing. That's pretty funny. It's funny. Yeah. Because as an actor, you don't know if you should maybe be like, oh, like, oh, 
Oh, micro yay, This is hot. But she was just like fucking laughing. So I'm like, yeah. I'm kind of good job. That is pretty funny. So then we got Maddie in the questioning room at the school. She's being asked like, yo, did Nate fucking choke you out? She is flipping a shit. Maddie really like turns. This is like her character arc where you really see her like kind of unravel. She's like oh, yeah. losing her She completely her shit. falls apart. It's really, it's, for me it's sad because it, it, she goes from being this like idolized, confident character, if you will, to like no makeup, rough as fuck. Like appearances don't matter, but it's it's showing that like her facade is gone. It's it down is the toilet. Crumbling. And we can't blame her. Like a guy choked her out. Like, yeah, it's awful. But yeah, it is uh It's traumatic. No yeah. one at that age should ever be choked by their boyfriend. I mean, Nate is a yeah. fucking I mean it's psycho. sad that through all of this she's like defending him and trying to get out of it and make it okay. But like she's a victim, so of course she is. But But also Alex and I have justice and huge props to her mother. Yeah, I mean, her mother seems like a pretty sus role model in general, but at least her mom, I mean, generally both her parents seem like trash, but her mom, in two instances we've seen, does at least seem to like love or give a shit about Maddie, which is that when she finds out the pageants are full of, full of pedophiles, she pulls her out of pageants. Um, great. And then when she's... Probably the wrong reason, but like still, like good, she's out great. of pageants. Yeah. And then she's like, yeah, we're fucking pressing those charges against Nate. Like, There's no doubt. She you. doesn't even take a minute to think about it. She's like, oh, no, yeah. we absolutely are pressing charges. Thank God. And the dad's just sitting there like an idiot. So, yeah, good The dad was good even job. there? Oh, yeah, he's there. He's just slumped up against the wall, like, hanging out. He doesn't he say really? anything. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, just her mom was no, there. the dad's there. He just doesn't, oh, he says fuck. nothing. Interesting factoid. I had no idea the dad was there. Whereas most dads would be ready to, like, fucking kill Are you positive? Guy. I want to rewatch it now. Swear. Swear okay. on my foot. So then Cal and Nate have this really interesting conversation. They're off in the side room. He's uh, Cal yes. comes in and is, like, after he barfs in the bathroom like a little pussy, he comes in and is, like, Nate. Did you choke Matt? Like, did you, did this happen? Yeah. And Nate's like, uh, no, it didn't. But it's like very obvious that like Cal knows he I fucking did it. I think we all know Cal knows Nate did it. Yes. Cal wants to hear Nate say he didn't so he can go ham on like defending Nate. Yes. Um, but I think we all know Cal knows Nate did it. But I also think it's very important. It is so important to elaborate on this scene in that. When you watch it, if you haven't watched the show a second time around, next time you watch it, just notice like their chemistry in that scene because I think it just shows how manipulative Cal is over Nate. He doesn't even have to say, like, you are going to say this. You are going to do this. Nate just fucking does it because he knows if he doesn't, his dad's right there. Like, mm-hmm. it's a threat. It's like his dad is fucking scary. He's, like, literally sitting there. Like, he could in that moment be vulnerable and maybe go, like, oh, my God, Dad, I fucked up. But he knows that's not an option. It's, like, very clear that their dynamic is, like, you didn't do it, right? Like, his dad is hardcore. Yep, agree. There's no room. In other words, there's no room for mistake or error. His dad's like, you didn't do this, right? Yep. (laughs) And I think despite the manipulation, Cal also thinks he's being, like, a good dad by, like, having, like, Nate's back back. and being like, we're going to fight this. Like, walk out with your head held high. Whereas it's like, nah, dog, you're being such a toxic, like, Horrible father. Yeah, terrible. Cal's a bad dad. Terrible. <laughs> He's a bad dad. He is a bad dad. <laughs> um, so then we get, um, I actually was laughing. I said, this next scene that's really dramatic after they have this like whole epic, like Lawn or SVU scene where Maddie and Nate are pressing charges. There's like all this drama. 
then they walk through with this like epic music. They walk through this empty cafeteria where uh, Rune yeah. Jules are like doing homework. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. It's kind of a weird scene. Yeah. Um, the whole cafeteria is shut down. They're in there doing their thing. They walk through and Rue, I said, it reminds me of Alex. She's like not taking it seriously. And I'm not like making, I think it's funny. No, like, I don't take anything seriously. I know you don't. But like Rue's kind of like, ha ha ha. Remember when you fucked like Cal? And Jules obviously is like, Rue, like, that's not funny. Like, that's serious. Like, let's not talk about that, please. Like, that's obviously not a moment I want to, like, joke about. And Rue's like, oh, okay. Like, I didn't know it was that serious. Even though Rue definitely knows something's up. Mm-hmm. And then she, like, starts elaborating and she's like, I don't remember what she says, but then Jules essentially gets pissed and walks off because Rue's like, you know what would be really funny is if we charged Cal. Like, if you literally press charges you, like, and then got a shit ton a of, money. of money. Yeah, get a bunch of money. Yeah. We can all, we can go off into the world and, like, do our thing. And Jules essentially gets up. Not a bad plan. Not a bad plan at all. And I was just joking. I literally wrote a note. Rue is Alex. Because that's some shit Alex would say. And I'd be pissed. And I'd be like, okay, yeah. take this shit seriously. Like, this isn't funny. Yeah. But Jules gets pissed. Um, she walks out. I wouldn't even say she's pissed. I mean, she's just more like, she's, she's holding pissed. in a lot of emotions that she's not, she doesn't feel like she can open it up to Jules yet about. Yeah, Rue, she's more Rue involved. About. But she's looking really good. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, Jules looks great in this episode. She's she not going on. I know, but that has nothing to do with what we're just talking about. <laughs> Whatever. So anyway, so um, then... Also, just prior to that, we get, like, a little more cat action, um, where she's, like, rolling through the mall, and she's mm-hmm. like, there's nothing more powerful than, like, a fat girl who doesn't give a fuck. Like, she's which, doing her thing. She's which got is her, very like, iconic. All I will say, on. Euphoria and Superfans love that quote. They use it a lot, so tread... Slowly. I'm going to tread very lightly here. I don't think the red outfit works for her, but like, good for her. I think it's kind of like back into like the like, this is less your style and more like you just ripped this from like Dolls Kill, like Mall Goth vibes. But like, she's powerful. She's got her thing going. Good for her. Yeah. She clearly gives some fucks. She's like almost crying about the thing with Ethan. So she definitely yeah. gives some fucks, but like, she's putting on the face like she doesn't. So she's doing. Her cat's, She's having a tough cat's time. doing her thing. This episode and the last episode is kind of cat's like, I'm doing my thing. I'm going to bang some dudes. Like, well, she's, I'm she's going to dress different a, and bang some dudes. She's and, building like, what we call a false confidence. She's mm-hmm. getting uh, validation. Do we call it that? Yeah, we do. <laughs> she's building validation off of guys she's just given blowjobs to that yeah. are like, you're amazing. And it's like, that's not like real. That's not like a real confidence boost. Like, you could suck a guy's dick for two seconds and you might go, you're the most amazing thing I've ever had. It's like, that's not like validation in who you are. It has nothing right. to do with like what a great person Kat is. So we both agree that like the part when like her mom's rubbing her hair, it's real sweet, but like she's kind of like, we never do this anymore. And you kind of see like another side of Kat where she's like a little more childish and you can tell like she's struggling. Yeah, it's like, she's, yeah, she's definitely mom, struggling. We never do this anymore because your daughter spends all her time talking to Tiny Dick Diaper Man on the internet instead of you. Like, ooh, ouch. It is. Arrow but to I, the heart. But I told Alex, I, I felt really sad when she almost cried with Ethan in the classroom because it's like, you can tell she's struggling. So we're, yeah, we're that's tough, where we are with Kat. It's she's a tough struggling. for her. Yep. We'll see where she goes next episode, but she's struggling. Yep. So then we go back to uh, Rue and Jules and... It seems like in the last episode, I mean, they spent some time in bed. They, like, made out. We're not really sure what exactly happened, but it seems like they might have got up to something. So now they're kind of talking about their sexual history with each other. Which is so funny. And And it's so accurate. Rue gives a very funny, like, preface of her sexual history. It's my super brief and horrifying sex history. Yes. Which I love. There it is. I love that title. I love that they make it, like, kind of like the dick pic scene, where it's very, Mm -hmm. like, let me tell you my story. Yep. 
Um, it's great. It's very accurate for the, I, I mean, everyone has different stories. I definitely can relate to ruin this where like I've hooked up with guys since I was 13. Not proud of it, but like I had kind of proud of it, <laughs> but I have, <laughs> but like, I'm definitely her where it's like guys a little bit, oh my God, that was amazing. Like, oh, like, wasn't that so Ooh. great? And I'm like, uh, for you, cause I'm amazing. But like, no, not for me. Like I was faking that. I literally uh, told Alex I haven't had an orgasm since, like, I was in college. Um, oh, no, 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 wait. <laughs> um, excuse me. I said that wrong. I said that wrong. Sorry. I haven't had an orgasm until college. Back it up. <laughs> I haven't. I'm sorry. I fucked up my words. prior to college. I fucked up my words. <laughs> <laughs> the cooks is really getting to me. I haven't. I did not have a real orgasm in high school. Like, I don't think that ever happened. Maybe it did. I don't know. But trust me. You probably remember. Trust me. A... Yeah, exactly. It wasn't all the time. So the reason I say that, I'm sorry I fucked up. I'm a little drunk. Yeah. The reason I say that is because when Maddie, in the opening scenes, when she's like pretending, she's watching porn, and she's like faking all of her orgasms and like practicing, that was Paige Blazer in high school. I was very mm. like tutorial. I was like learning. Mm-hmm. I was replicating and then getting praise yep so all i'm saying is i relate to cat i relate to maddie i relate to rue like it's all the same it's all under the same umbrella of the girls always faking it so guys in high school if you're listening your girl is most likely fucking faking it probably um but so yeah then we got her history my favorite part of the history is that she's like i give i gave like hand jobs to like these certain guys um and like three or four of those guys look like they're probably about like seven years old like, <laughs> which is very accurate like because middle schoolers really do look like that like they're i looked not in middle school. when i was four when i was well they're not in middle school that's yeah that's what she said she said in middle oh. school i gave hand jobs to oh, like right. four you're right, years you're right. i mean when i was a freshman in high school i looked like i was about 11 years old so yeah it makes sense but like god is there anything less hot than giving a blowjob to like a seven-year-old looking like middle schooler wouldn't you also agree i didn't think of this till now but wouldn't you also agree that a euphoria cast really well and that none of the high schoolers look like they could be in college yeah, because they're all actually about the right age. Yes. They just, like, gave up saying, on the bullshit where everybody casts, like, 30-year-olds as, like, high schoolers. Yes, but I'm saying I didn't think of that. We didn't mark that as a note to talk about, but I definitely think that's important to bring up. Because, like, Disney Channel and Nickelodeon, they always pick, like, these 30-year-old people to play high mm-hmm. schoolers. So I think that makes Euphoria even that more special is that they actually pick people that are, like, relate. they can yeah. relate to that. They did a good job picking people yes. that look the age they're supposed to be playing for the most yes. part. Agreed. So then we move on. They They... Ex- essentially ex- <laughs> exchange sex stories whatever mm-hmm. it's funny then we in that little montage of rue's little sex exchange we get lexi and rue making out which is interesting mm-hmm. a lot of fans are very involved in this because we've talked about it so much but fans really do think lexi and rue are like they didn't want to fuck I still don't buy it. This scene, to me, is just further evidence. Like, they seem... It doesn't seem like there's much, like, hot tension there. It just seems like a classic, like, kind of weird, awkward moment where you're like, remember that one time I tried to teach you how to French kiss and it was weird? And you're like, yeah. Yeah. Well, they uh might be exploring their sexual orientation. I agree with you. I... I'm one of those... Neither of them seems like they're, like, hot and, like, into it in that moment, though. Yes and no. I'm on the brink. I don't think Lexi loves. I think love is a very strong word. I think she might kind of have a crush on Rue. Maybe a friend oh, crush even. Disagree. I don't know. We'll talk about, I don't know. Anyways. I mean, 
I think it's important to bring up. It's a huge conspiracy amongst a lot of fans. A I mean, I'm sure fans, this is a big kickoff moment for the A conspiracy. lot of fans think in season two they're going to unravel like Lexi's left for root. I do not think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't buy it. Do you think she's by Lexi? I don't think we have even close to enough points of reference to have even a vague idea of Lexi's sexual orientation. True. True. Agreed. A hundred percent. So with that being said, I think we should move on. So then we move on to the police station where they brought uh they brought Maddie in because they're like, Yeah, your mom's pressing charges, we gotta like She throws cock at the window, she's losing her Maddie's shit. Maddie's losing her shit. She's like, You're not gonna lay She's like, Fuck you, bitch, come pictures. and try and take off my clothes and handcuff me. Yeah, and they're like, okay, we will. So <laughs> the they handcuff like, yeah. her to a table and cut her clothes off and take pictures of her, which is all very traumatic, but also, like, that cop is very right. She's like, trust me, I know you don't believe this now, which, of course, she doesn't, but, like, the person that did this to you does not love you. Very true. Which is a, a huge Olivia Benson moment. And if oh, yeah. you little followers don't know, Olivia Benson is in little Law and Order. Little followers. You small followers. My cute little euphorians. They if might you... be big followers. I don't know. If you don't know, Law & Order SVU is one of the other best shows in the world. There's like 25 fucking seasons. So, uh, you know, immerse yourselves. It's a great quarantine watch. But anyways. We watch a lot of SVU around we here. We really do. And you know what? This episode could not be more Law & Order-esque. It's like there's this like girl detective who's like, you know what? Like, listen to me. I'm older than you. I'm a, I'm a cop. I, I see this shit every day. This guy mm. does not love you. Yeah. So then, we I think go that's over. why we have a lot of like reference to like trauma and victimhood on our podcast. Like we kind of look at it with that angle, and I think it's probably because of SVU. It is because we watch so much of Law and Order. We watch a lot of fucking SVU. The, the rape, all that stuff. Yeah, it definitely comes from Law and Order. Oh, yeah. So then we go over to the other the other investigation room, which is Nate. And he throws oh, yeah. Maddie under the he's fucking school bus. He's being such a fucking ass. Yeah, he's talking about how he loved her and stuff. And it's like, in the same breath, he's selling her out for doing a bunch of drugs and banging a bunch of dudes. And it's like, dude, like, fuck you. It's awful. Classic Nate. But yeah, if there was any question about whether Nate loves Maddie, let's review his police interrogation where he says that she was really high and always fucked a bunch of dudes when they weren't together. It's awful. Um, I mean, it just awful. goes to show, it does really eliminate any empathy for Nate and any... He has no emotion. Once again, just no emotion. He nah, he doesn't just, give a fuck about it. There's not an it. ounce of care for if Maddie. If he was being pressured by Cal to do this, it would be very sad. But he's very like, this is him. This yeah. is him. No one knows that Maddie was high in that sequence no? but him. He's all about this. He yeah, loves it. Yeah, Cal didn't tell him to He'll say that. Cal didn't know Maddie was on drugs. Of course not. And Nate's also a fucking terrible liar in this sequence, which I think means that he's feeling the heat a little bit. Because usually he's a pretty good liar. But he's clearly like not on his game. Not at all. So then we get... We kind of skip forward. Ruse in her uh, Alcoholic Anonymous class or whatever it is. Narcotics Analysis. Narcotics Analysis. (laughs) Anonymous. And Ali, she kind of gives this little speech, and I told Alex, like, I get emotional every time. I I literally almost cried again. I I cry all the time during Euphoria. But I got kind of sad because in her speech, she essentially says, like, she hopes that her and Jules last forever, but she she's like but if we don't like that'll really fucking suck like i know it's not likely but like i wish it could be the case and that for me is really hard to swallow because it's just so hard as a high schooler like you're so caught up in it and you're so in love and your emotions are so high so for her as an addict it's even more like it's like magnified by 10 so that seems just very vulnerable. And and Rue never really exposes her feelings. So for her to do that in a right. room as a public Are you talking about when she's speech, talking to Ali or when she's at the... She's giving the speech. Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about when she gives the speech. She's mm-hmm. like, I fucked you all over. I've never told the truth. Yeah, now I, I am. Yeah, I met this girl. Yeah, 
then you said it debunks the theory of Ali being a ghost. I don't know if it fully debunks it, it, but she she talks about, she mentions Ali by name and kind of like gestures to him in the crowd and no one acts like that's weird. Whereas if he was just invisible, everyone would be like, what the fuck is she talking about? Who's Ali? Who's she looking at? If he was a ghost. No one really reacts. So I don't buy this. He's He's not a ghost ghost. thing. Um, But yeah, Ali and Rue also have a little convo at the diner. Yeah. Um, and he's basically giving well, her... Well, this is earlier in the episode, but yeah, they have a, yeah. They have a conversation. He's given her the, the like, more intense version of what Rue's mom said, where he's basically like, this won't last. Like, this is a high school relationship, it won't last. Which is hard. Like, if I were there, I'd be like, Ollie, like, dog. Like, we all know. We're older. Like, we know that it's probably not going to last, but, like, you got to ease up on it. You got to take it easy. Like, you yeah. don't crush her dreams. Don't crush the romance. Don't crush the like. Or, or, or don't not don't crush it's a it. Beautiful but let, thing. Don't crush it. Let it happen. But let her experience it for herself. Let her. Yeah, she'll learn. Let her fall. If that's really what you think, and that's the case, like let her learn and fall. They, yeah, it's just too much. Yeah, you can I agree do kind of like what Rue's mom did and kind of try to like help her through it and like prep her for it a little bit. But Ali's like very harsh and is just like high school relationships don't last. And no, it's like, you're well, fucked. what in like a million does, and like maybe this one will. And even if it doesn't, like you don't have to like come down so ham on this. Yeah, like, it's a let, little harsh. Let them have their like magical high school romance for a minute. So then we have a really cute scene where Jules and her dad are at sushi, which I, it's, we don't really need to go too in depth, but like we both stand Jules' dad. Jules He's looks such very a good again. Such a good character. She looks Jules great. Jules' dad is great. She looks great. Her fashion's great, but also like Jules' dad is so awesome. He's like really cute and like is like, hey, like, when are you gonna re- invite Rue to dinner? And she's kind of like, you know, like, buzz off, dad, which is how I am. Like, she's not rude, but she's just like, dad, shut up. She should invite Rue to dinner with them, though. Yeah. That'd be very nice. But then Come on, her Jules. dad plants the seed. He literally plants the first seed of where Jules starts to kind of shift her feelings towards Rue. I think before her dad even said this, I think she was still kind of like excited about her and Rue's little, like, whatever they did in bed. We don't know. But I think she was just riding the high of that. And then her dad was like, is Rue still going to meetings? And then he was like, that's great. Like, you're such a good influence. Mm. And anyone knows something like that can literally, anyone that's like normal knows that that can weigh on you. Because you're like, I like, I don't want to be the reason someone's sober. So then we move on. He's one of a bunch of people in this episode putting kind of like some heat on uh, on Jules. Lexi does the same thing. Lexi does the same thing with the water ring. But basically, Jules is hearing from a couple different people that, like, she's the reason Rue is doing well, the reason Rue's not on drugs, the reason Rue's not killing herself. And naturally, for a high school kid, that is a fucking ton of pressure. And Jules starts to, like, kind of, like, feel the pressure, and she kind of starts to, like, collapse under it. Like, she's feeling it. She is not doing well. At the end of this episode, she is stressed the fuck out. Rue's, like, sleeping in her arms, but she's clearly, like, very stressed. Because she feels like Rue's life pretty much depends on her at this point. Which is, a like you just said. Which you is You said lot. it. It's a lot of pressure. And to all those people telling her that, it's like, we all know it. We all see it. But you got to keep your mouth shut. Once like, again, like, just... Or, don't say it. Or not... Like, sh- you can't like, say it. Not even... Sh- but just, like, if you are going to bring it up, like, in terms of, like, caring for her, do it like Rue's mom did. Be like, hey, like, listen... Love that you and Rue are like kicking it off, but just be careful. Like she's a, yeah. she's gone through a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tread slow. So then we have the we cannot not talk about the roller ring scene. This is iconic. 
Um, this is Rue's way of making amends with Lexi. She invites her out. She's like, hey, come out with me and Jules. We're going to have a girl's night. Like, we're going to roller rink it up. So they roller rink. We've got the great neon lighting. We've got mm-hmm. the, the outfits are all phenomenal. All three of them look absolutely great. A killer Santa Gold song. Killer Santa Gold song. One of our favorites. Definitely the music song of the week for me, at least. We'll talk about it later. But, like, such a good scene. So all having fun, all having a great time. Ooh, I'm just at the mic. After watching hand. this episode, <laughs> I plan to take Paige to the classic shitty roller rink in my hometown called Golden Skate, where I was like, let's smoke a joint in the parking lot. Let's like bring a flask. Let's get fucked up. Let's go to Golden Skate. And it was closed forever. That's really sad. R-I-P. They closed it like it was just one bankrupt or? It was out of business. Oh, I don't remember that. I thought, That's why we I thought we just went. couldn't go. I thought they were just closed for the season. Oh, no, we would have gone. They just, they didn't exist anymore. Oh. It was gone. It was an empty, like, warehouse. Well, whatever. R.I.P. I mean, R.I.P. But, listen, they're having this great night. The roller rink is such a great, like, scene. And this is where, like we said, Lexi kind of also kind of puts the nail in the coffin. She's like, Jules, you are, you know mm-hmm. you're the reason that Rue's, like, doing so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jules breaks down. It's awful. Yep. I love the scene of them riding their bikes on the way home. It's very, like, slow-mo, mm-hmm. fun. But you also can sense the tension between Jules and Rue. Because Rue's, like, not stupid. She can sense that something's up. Yep. But she's, like, trying to just act natural, which I, I appreciate Rue for. Then after that... Jules I, has a great orange sweater in that scene also. Oh, she also wears the best Alexander Wayne top during the roller rink. Like, underneath the sweater, she's got the girls' top. It's Alexander Wayne. Oh, it's iconic. Oh, nice. I didn't I even notice it. that. That's you good. didn't? No, I missed that one. That's why Alexander Wayne, like, loves Euphoria and is oh, always, like, talking okay, to them all. Okay. He sources a lot of the clothing I for like the show. That. Um, also, just prior to the roller rink scene, we get the return of uh, Snake Bites. Cat's boy from the mall. We do. Cat, uh, Cat brings her little boy from the mall out to the to the loading docks, and they have a little moment. He turns out to be a pretty good dude. Like, I'm sorry, I was so harsh on snake bites earlier. He's kind of trying to actually talk with her. He's not trying to like be like, let's have sex. Like, let me no. pressure you. But then he's like she, talking about music and stuff. She like plays the other. She plays the male role in that situation. Is like, let's have sex. Like, nah. I know. And he's like, all right, because obviously he is like about it, but like, and it's a huge bummer because. She, like, goes to give him a blowjob, and Alex and I were both laughing, because it's, like, she comes up so flawlessly with, like, nothing on her mouth, looking, like, clean and fresh as fuck, and it's, like, no, no, no. Yeah, that's an unrealistic BJ. Yeah. Just no gonna one, say it. College, unrealistic. high school, adult, it doesn't matter. A BJ never ends in a flawless, like, you wake, you, you yeah. come up, and you're, like, looking great, yeah. and your makeup's perfect. It it's also like, lasted, yeah. like, a minute, like. Yeah, so that was um, a funny scene. But also, that's a good scene that you, I'm glad you mentioned that, because that's kind of where, like you said, we leave off with Kat, kind of, like on the brink of trying to figure out, like, where is she at? Is she, like, confident with this whole, like, I just give guys BJs in the parking lot? Or is she, like, I want to be with someone like Ethan and kind of go that more mellow, like, real relationship? Yeah, this is kind of, like, the next step after the casting. It's more, like, meaningless sex. Yeah. But we don't know. Is it working for her? I don't know. We'll see. So then we get, obviously, this great scene where Cal reintroduces, first of all, cooked champagne, which we're drinking right now. Brings it in. He's uh, he's down for Motel Round 2. Cal is back at the motel. Motel he's Hotel got, Holiday Inn. Yup. He's, he's got back. A, he's got another boy coming through. Another girl. Um, this time it is <laughs> Monaco, who says, my name's Monaco, but the boys all call me Mina. Mina? Like, which is great. Fuck? So I guess Cal uh, can call him Mina. But also, we stand this character. He is so fun. He or I she? I don't him. know. Whatever. 
The character um, Monaco I love is Monaco. hilarious. One of my favorite side characters on the show, along with like Ashtray and some of the other like randos. They are so great. I mean, literally he, the whole scene is so funny. He like gets out that chain, comes in, whips off the chain, immediately puts like shitty rap music on the <laughs> iPhone and starts like twirling the chain the chain around. Got the legs in the air, like he's ready to <laughs> rumble. Ready to rumble, offering Kyle poppers. Like what? Love what a it. great character but it's then great. Kyle kind of honestly is King Buzzkill ruins it because he's like I would rather talk about like my family life and then you can tell Monaco's like I roll oh my god but he's also like has a heart so he's like okay I'll listen to this bullshit but also like can we fuck and then be done yeah Cal does the classic like I'm with a, a sex worker just for like the therapy not that Monaco's a sex worker but Cal pulls that classic move like yeah He's I'm here not for there the to therapy, bang. not for the banging. Um, so Monaco's like, yeah, all right, I'm just gonna smoke some crack. Like, <laughs> listen to you talk about to smoke some crack, and listen to you talk about your boys. <laughs> yep. While Cal, uh, Cal serves the uh, the cook's champagne Which, by the again. Way, plastic glasses, same bottle, same back bottle. at his old uh, his old routine. You know, he definitely has a routine, and this is where you learn his routine's the same every time because he has the cook. Like he said, it's like very methodical. Mm-hmm. It's like he's got the cooks in the corner. He's like, can I offer you a glass? He says all the same shit. It's all scripted. He stops at the grocery store on the way to that motel every time and buys that <laughs> bottle of cooks and those shitty plastic glasses i love it so monaco is just a great character but also monaco sits there and listens but then at a certain point monaco's like okay can we like be done and yeah. like can we fuck this and out Cal's like do you think it like affects my kids that i like hide this part of my and you know life what I thought when like, he said that? Um, no you know what i thought when he yeah, said does this affect my does. kids you what? know what i thought what you thought? You think? i thought what about little beans Ugh. Where's Who little knows? son Beans? How has your sex life impacted Beans, Cal? Your youngest son that's never shown in the show. He's probably dead because of it. I mean, that's really morbid for you to say. Beans <laughs> must like, be dead. Beans has to be dead. There's no way he's not dead. I know, they never talk about him. There's a lot of Reddit theories, which maybe we'll go into in another episode, but like, for me personally, I'm just like, where the fuck is this little son? I just, it's driving me crazy. I'm like, where's the little little son? Where's the little Jacobs? Yeah. Also, this scene's a really great argument for just embracing, like, your true self and being who you are, because Monaco is, like... Fully embracing. He's like, everyone knows, like, who I am. Like, I don't hide he's it. Proud. There's no, like, bullshit. Like, I'm Monaco. I'm out, like, doing my thing. This is who I am. I'm, I'm living, living my, my best around. life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and whereas Cal hiding all this shit, having all these, like, fucked up, like, weird scenarios mm-hmm. and secrets and stuff, it's obviously fucking up his family and his own life. Um, he's like, where do you think... My... He's like, my son has so much rage. It's like, yeah, where the fuck do you think that came from? I know. It's your fault. Duh, I know. dummy. Here they try to... Re- I feel like they always try and redeem, like, Cal's behaviors and just, like, his weird fucking ways. But it's like, you know what? You're an adult. Take some fucking ownership. You don't need to sit here and chat with Monaco about, like, this shit. Like, you should just already know this shit. Like, you're an adult. Figure it out. So, yeah. Yep. I just, I'm over Cal. So, Cal dips. He drives his big man truck away. And here comes uh, Nate, Nate and his, and his big truck. man truck to meet up with Maddie. Like, of course they both drive trucks. Also, like, who the fuck thinks a truck is, like, manly or hot or, like, confident? Like, trucks Classic. are such... 
At trucks least, are trash for at me. At least Cal is an excuse. He's in construction. That <laughs> The bed of that truck probably sees some <laughs> usage every once in a while. There's no fucking reason Nate should be driving a truck. Like, no. I'm sorry. No, 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 yeah. no. And if a guy ever picked me up in a truck, that's an immediate, like, red flag. A little I'm bit like, like hmm. Hmm. They probably listen to country, and they're probably a big douchebag. So, yeah, not up for the truck life. Then I was laughing because at the end of this, like, intense scene where Cal's spilling his heart. Randy Newman comes in singing like a very Toy Story song. Oh yeah. Uh, the music is and I don't want to I don't want to shit on it. It's great. I it's love Randy. It's a very Randy. sad song. I love Randy Newman. Well, it's a sad scene. It's yeah. the whole episode is very sad. It's mm-hmm. very like it alludes to like the very end scene mm-hmm. where Jules is very stressed about Rue. So yeah. it all makes sense, but it literally reminds me of Toy Story too. It's a I can't not think of Toy Story. Good so. old Randy Newman. So on that note, I, yeah. I mean, other than Toy Story ending the episode. All I have to say is that that motel do be seeing a lot of Jacob's family semen, though. The Jacob's family are Nate's keeping that Maddie. motel in business, and <laughs> their bodily fluids are all over that fucking place. Ew. And that's Also, it. no, Cooks is also running that Cooks hotel. Cooks yeah. Cooks is Cooks like... Is keeping them in business um so yeah there we go there's episode five as usual uh recently we just went through a lot of shit i'm like thinking about this episode and that was a lot like this was a a, weird episode this was a more heavy episode it's a weird one it's a little weird like it it was hard to like poke fun at yeah it's a weird one but we still somehow found a way and i probably will poke fun at anything but (laughs) we probably said so many inappropriate things like we don't give a fuck that's why we're here whatever so Um... you know what it is it is now time for superlatives. 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 All right. Best dressed. Jules, all the way. Even more so than last week, I think this is where it comes together for Jules. Every outfit she had on in this episode was killer, and I think she looks the hottest she looked in the whole show in this one. I would agree. The um, scene with her and Principal Hayes, the blue shirt, the half yeah. purple hair. When she's at sushi with her dad, eyes. she looks great. Yep. It's all good. The roller rink, amazing. Yep. Yep. All good. Matt, uh, for worse stressed, I said Maddie, but like Alex, <laughs> Alex was very like, Paige, you can't pick Maddie because she's like a victim. She just got choked by Nate. I, I agree. That's really fucked up of me to say she's the worst dressed, but like, sorry, Maddie was the worst dressed. She looked rough as fuck. And after reading that article that they purposely made her look like shit, then I'm sorry. I'm here to say Maddie looked like shit in this episode. Not I... in the beginning. But when, you know, there were a couple parts where she looked like the Unabomber. I originally did not choose Maddie out of, like, yeah, she's got choked, like, and she's on her period and stuff. It seemed like a cheap shot, but Paige Paige was like, we're going to be that objective and that harsh. So there you go. I mean, I can't say it's not Maddie. She looks like the Unabomber. (laughs) Low-key, also, I couldn't think of anybody else. I was just being lazy as fuck. Well, there you go. Then we have Bay of the episode. We both decided on Rue. Mm-hmm. because Rue, this whole episode, truly, not only is she sober, and she goes to alcohol analysis, whatever the fuck. Narcotics I never, Anonymous. I can never remember the name. But she goes there. She's vulnerable. She tells the truth. She's also, like, very chill with Jules, even though Jules is kind of overreacting. She's being a very supportive friend, girlfriend, whatever it may be, whatever label they are right now. She's very supportive. She amends things with Lexi. They have a great mm-hmm. night. So... Rue's really killing Rue this makes episode. Some big steps. She's handling everyone telling her that the thing with Jules isn't going to last pretty well. She's very mature. She makes those steps with Lexi. Like, she's definitely, like, moving in the right direction. She here. is. Then we've got big purple 
rat dirty bastard. rat bastard. Always Nate. Obviously it's Nate. We don't even need to say why. He choked Maddie. Yeah. That's it. And a million other reasons. He throws her under the bus to the cops. He's just a piece of shit. How about the class clown? Monaco. I got Monaco. I love the way Monaco gets up in there and just is ready to rock and roll. Whips the chain off. Shitty rap on the eye. But he also has a great outfit. Let's go. He does have a funny outfit. He has a metallic skirt. Yeah. Monaco's hot. Monaco is hot. I'm not sure if Monaco identifies as a a he or a she she. or something else, but Monaco's got it going on. I'm about it. Comes in hot yeah. and ready to rock and You and I are never here to, to be that political. Ready to smoke crack and like whip chains and <laughs> fuck Eric Dane. Like, and Eric Dane, it. yeah, and he's down to drink the cooks. Eric Dane hands He's down like, for the cooks. Oh, actually, no, you know what? what? Oh my God, I just realized. Monaco rejects the cooks, I think. Oh. Maybe I like Monaco a little less now. <laughs> we still love him. Still also, love if, him. I'm sure if we sent him a bottle to be on the podcast, he would graciously accept. Mm. Then... Our couple of the week, this was a tough call because there really isn't a strong couple in this episode. Everyone's kind of going through their roller coaster of emotions, but we picked rules because of like the tattoo scene. We do feel like up until people were like really pushing Jules to the edge, I, we definitely both agreed that like Rue and Jules were doing well. Yeah. Or not well, but yeah. like they're very natural, they're very mature, they're having a good until time together. Until everyone gets in Jules' head, things are going great. Exactly. Very cute. So, so I think that's fair to say that they're the best couple. Yet well, again, it's rules. Yeah. And then some, Song of the Week, I think we both went with Santa Gold. Despite Santa the Gold. great Madonna song. Um, what is it, Santa, Run the Road? Yeah, this Run the World. Or Run the, Run road, the road, road is... The Santa Gold song when they're at the roller rink. It's at the roller rink. It's a great song. We'll definitely plug it in our Spotify playlist. It's It really is a banger. I'm here for it. It's definitely one of my favorites. So... We're here to end the episode. We went a little over this time, but honestly, there was like so much tea to spill. There was so many interesting things about Nate and Maddie. I definitely on our post, I definitely want to hear from all of our euphorians. Like, what are your thoughts? Do we love Maddie? Do we hate Maddie? Do we understand why their relationship's so toxic? Like, there are so many questions. So I think I'm going to do a little trivia poll this week. I just want to get all of our fan, all of our fans and listeners. I want to get all the feels. I don't know about you, Alex, but I want to get all the feels. Get those feels. This is a deep episode. So going into next week, I want to hear what you all think. Don't forget it. We've got an Instagram. We've got a Twitter. We've got a Facebook. We've got a YouTube channel. We have everything. We are on Anchor. We're on Spotify. We're about to be on Apple. Don't ask. It's taking a little longer than we expected. But we will be on Apple soon. So please, 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 I will plug everything on our Instagram. Please listen. We are just so appreciative of you all. We hope you're enjoying. And... Oh my God, do we have such a good episode for you next week. So please stay tuned. Love each other. Enjoy your quarantine. Get fucked up. Enjoy your 420. Anything else, Alex? Like anything to shout to the masses? No, that's it. That's it. All I got to say is... uh... I feel like we need a cheers. This is our fifth episode. We only have what? A total of eight? Yeah, we got three more official episodes of the show. We'll have more for you after that. Of course, but eight actual episodes. Yep. Cheers. All right, that's so euphoric. That is so euphoric.